begin transmission. Hello, everybody. Merry Christmas and all the holidays, Kwanzaa and everything else out there. Hanukkah. We are back in the middle of the holidays here. We are having our preview for 2023 for Star Wars. We're talking this week about everything that is coming around for the calendar of 2023. We're jumping in with Bad Batch. We're going to end things with Ahsoka, most likely, as far as this series go. But there's a lot more other things to discuss, such as books, comics, and more. But first of all, how was your Christmas, man? How Did you get anything Star Wars, or, or what happened there? <laughs> first of all, our podcast listeners will probably notice I have a better microphone, better setup. Like, I, I got a new laptop for Christmas and a new, new desk. And, um, you know, so that sort of, like, tech setup I got, um, you know, more improved, at least. And then in terms of Star Wars, you know, I got like little odds and ends things, of course. Um, like I got a little LED light. It's uh, out in our living room, but I, it's uh, it's like a little Star Wars, little LED light. It literally just says Star Wars. Um, and then I got this shirt. If you can see it, for, um, it's a Boba Fett shirt. I got this. And then I don't know what else. I mean, those are, those are kind of like the main things, really. And then, of course, you know, as we talked about, in prior podcasts, like leading up to Christmas and the holiday season, you know, just talking Star Wars with family members on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day was like a big thing for me just because it's like, hey, you know, they, uh, you know, Star Wars is such like a, it's like a crossing point for everyone. I always, I always say like, you know, everyone, like, it's such like a nice topic, you know, you can really talk to virtually anybody about who's seen Star Wars. So, of course, you know, I was, you know, as all of us know on the podcast, you know, I'm sure you, Chris, Milton, all of our listeners, we're probably always, we're probably all the Star Wars people in our families, most likely. So, um, you know, I guarantee you a lot of our listeners can relate in terms of like, hey, you know, we're probably like giving the Star Wars news or whatever updates to family members at these um, holiday events. Oh, yeah. I mean, there wasn't we had a smaller gathering um, because unfortunately there was kind of COVID that was in the family. Um, everybody's yep. fine. Everybody's fine. But we we had to keep the gathering kind of smaller, smaller than we wanted to. But we're going to have a bigger celebration for New Year's Day when everybody that was supposed to be at New Year's Eve is going to be there. So that's going to be fun in a couple days time here. Um, but yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Talking about Star Wars um, as we usually have movies and all. So but, you know, this time it's like, OK, you know, what what is happening with Star Wars? Kind of more like, hey, what we didn't have a big movie, but what's the latest series? Oh, you watch Andor, you watch this, you know, because that's still very much on on people's minds, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like with Andor, you know, I talked a bit about that show. I talked about the. uh you know, just some of the other Star Wars stuff too. Like basically, Andor talked a bit about Mando, of course. Like people asking, "Hey, when's the when's the next season of the Baby Yoda show?" Yeah. Is one of the questions I got. Um, so you know, that's the that sort of conversation is always getting brought up. And then just you know, just like the general general stuff, like or like them asking about like, "Oh, hey, you're doing that podcast?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And, you know, just like that sort of like general general talk really was like a big part of like our um, our you know, our meeting, like our family gatherings, basically. Yeah. So as you mentioned off the top, it is nice that we have transcended uh, Discord on phones to going back to the PCs or in your case, the, the Apple computer, right? Yep. The Mac MacBook finally, uh, finally got a new laptop after mine was six years old, about five or six years old. 
So uh, it's a nice upgrade, and I'm just happy to like finally not be on a phone anymore. Yeah, we got the actual frames of you up where you're not as vertical as you usually are, so you fit nice between the, the white frames I set up here on the, on the uh, OBS settings. So, yeah, you look and you sound good there, Ben. Always a good thing to look and sound good. <laughs> and we got Milton, who's away. He's uh, taking a much-needed uh, vacation, so uh, we wish him well and hope he's having uh, fun with his relatives out there. I think he said he was going to, like, North Carolina or something, so hopefully yep, North Carolina. it's a little bit warmer than it is is around here. Although, lately, the last couple of days, it's been pretty warm here out on the uh, in the New Jersey, New York area, so... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a lot better than last week, and I'm sure Ooh, man, everyone was... saw the big cold spell that was going around here uh, in Ohio, anyways. It was about, so the actual temperature was minus 15. Oh, my god! And then the air temperature, in some areas, it was minus 35 to minus 40 Whoa. with the, the wind chill, you know, because there was gusts that were like 50 miles an hour. So it literally was just like the Arctic out there. Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah, it was it was happening everywhere. Um, as far as being my week in Star Wars, yeah, I received a very cool Star Wars Marvel T-shirt that looks like the retro, like it's literally a comic book cover on a T-shirt from like issue number fifty of like the original Marvel years with the, with the um, with Vader on there with I think the Tide Vance and some other Tide Fighters thing. So that that's a really cool shirt. I also received the another another grogu ornament um and this one's really cool it's animatronic i would take him and show him to the camera but he's kind of more or less permanently on the tree at this point because uh, we i just kind of like wrapped him with like a paper clip around one of the branches on this tree so i'm like ah, i don't feel like i'm doing that right now but it's pretty cool because he's like oh like a rubberized head but his but his um his mouth actually moves, his eyes blink, and his head actually like turns if you hit a button. And this is a hallmark ornament. Like this, these things have really come a long way because it's like a mini puppet version of Grogu. That's awesome. I've never seen one of those before. That's that's cool because like the only type of animatronic or electronic ones that I really remember. I mean that I have anyways personally. I have a uh, I have like a Princess Leia one where if you put the uh, put her over the light it lights up her blaster so you can like see ah. the laser and then um there's another one i have where it's darth vader's tie advance you know where he's you put the light in it and then it lights up the cabin so you can see vader inside the cabin so it's pretty cool ah. um, and, and then of course you know just several other gosh over the years i have about 10 million boba fett and darth vader heads um in nah. terms of ornaments yeah um and then you know just a bunch of other random little ones like Ewoks and that sort of stuff. Yeah, I have um, it's Wicket and I think it's Chief Chief Chirpa, I believe. I have some Jawas. Like it's crazy. Like my mom was all like, "Yeah, I think we have to get a new tree soon because this is not gonna last with all these ornaments very soon." You know, it's it is becoming you know just filled with with these ornaments at this point. Oh yeah, that's a that's how ours is too. It's getting filled up with Star Wars ornaments. My personal one here in my room is is getting filled up with ornaments just because, like, I have a little, you know, me being, like, the festive person I, I am, I, I always put up, like, a little personal tree that's, like, three foot tall, three and a half yep. foot tall um, in my room just, you know, just to be festive. So my little one's getting filled up with ornaments. And then, see, our, our big one personally is getting filled up just because now, <laughs> like, my sister, 
um, you know, has a, I have a niece now and then I have another niece on the way here in January. So like, you know, my parents are getting like, you know, more and more like baby related ornaments and stuff for like babies for Christmas and that sort of stuff. So, yeah. um, so like we're just getting packed with ornaments and I'm sure like a lot of our listeners can relate because you know, you know how it is. Like it just, they keep collecting every single year, like mm-hmm. more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And aside from the holiday stuff, I've gotten back into lego star wars skywalker saga because i realize i just have to get through this game so i can move on to other games because i have a lot of them piling up but the problem was i was playing a lot of these live service games i was playing destiny 2 i was playing uh a lot of world of warcraft the expansion but i finally have kind of caught up and i said okay this is a pre-new year's resolution it's like okay i'm gonna finish this game or at least get it as close as i can to to finishing the game um because there's a lot to do and it's it's very very it can be very daunting we'll we'll put it that way but yes i have gotten to the final the final um planet that i can do at least for the, right now would be, would be hoth so um i just have done a really fun side quest where i'm basically escorting a wampa out of a cave out of one of the ice caves so it's really funny because i was sneaking around as luke skywalker with um ray and we were just literally trying to get out of the ice caves of hoth and the rebel troopers would show up and then the wampa would basically be like hey is, is the coast clear and then i would be like go ahead and then they would spot the wampa and i would be like taking down rebel troopers but it was funny because you can't literally kill the rebel troopers like you hit them with their lightsaber once and their health goes down and they just like cower in fear and then the wampa goes by but yeah i ended up doing that challenge and actually unlocking the wampa to play as which is really fun because he's kind of like the rancor where you run into any like breakable object and he just instantly like crushes through it so it's really nice if you're trying to collect the the studs and you're just running around big environments as the wampa or the rancor and just like vacuuming up all the studs not that i need any more because i'm almost at 20 billion at this point i'm not even exaggerating I have like almost 20 billion. Like the most like you'll ever see is like the cost of like a capital ship, which could cost like 3 million. But it's like, that's like not even a dent in what I have, you know? So at this point, that's what happens when you have all the multipliers unlocked in the game. So yeah, I'm getting close to the end. I have a lot of quests. I I saved all the actual quests for once I complete all the planets or at least get close to completing the planets. Like my whole idea is... I will go to a planet and do as much as I can with collecting the Kyber, the Kyber bricks. So let's say I get like 90% of the Kyber bricks and I can't get the couple last ones. I'll just move on to the next planet because I'm like, hey, I got most of them. Let, let me let me check another place out. So you know, that's, that's the update on Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. Probably the next update will be like, hey, I'm done the game for now, you know. But uh, yeah, that's my current gaming hobby right now. Hey, there you go. That's a good gaming hobby to get it to be into, especially with it being like this time of year and everything. Like, I feel like gaming, streaming, all of this sort of stuff. It's just like the perfect mm-hmm. time of year to like catch up on that sort of stuff before the summer months come or spring and summer months come into play when we're outside a little more. Or not even that for me. I'm looking at the calendar of the year for 2023, and there's a lot of game delays and all. But I mean, it's like the first week of February. You got the new Harry Potter game, uh, Hogwarts Legacy, big open world game. That's gonna suck. Like dozens of hours for me most likely then in that same month i have destiny 2 uh the lightfall expansion 
Then, uh, like two weeks after that is Jedi Survivor. So I got a good month block where I'm just going to be absorbed in the new games. So I got to make sure I finish off the old games first. And and then I can finally get back to painting some Star Wars miniatures because I've also put those on the back burner because everything else that's been going on. So yeah, I got some projects ahead. Um, don't really got any time off from work or anything, but that's all right. I'll just kind of plug away with any little free time I have. There you go. That's the best way to do it. Like finding those type of like little things to, you know, just to pass the free time with or look forward to at the end of your day, you know? Mm-hmm. So moving right in, because we have a lot to talk about today. Um, right off the bat, there was the most Star Wars comic releases by record um, for any single day this past December 28th. It was insane. So the story goes, there was no comics out last week. There was going to be one comic out next week. But for some reason, Marvel decided to dump five comics on us this week. I guess it's kind of like, oh, they had a quota to get these all in by the end of the year or something. But it was kind of crazy. So, um, yeah, I read through five comics, which are uh, part of the review. I was very, very happy I was actually able to get the review out in under 15 minutes of length duration for that video with five comics. So... I think I set myself a new record there. Um, but out this week, if you guys want to watch that video, you can check it out. But we have Hansel and Chewbacca, number eight. We have Dr. Aphra, 27. Yoda, number two. The Blade, number one. And The High Republic, number three. So I have the video review of all those up now. But here's our big thing. Because as you would expect, the media, uh, everything with the industry is basically on hibernation mode until January 2nd. Most likely is then the floodgates of news will open. So as I expected, I figured this would be a good time because we won't have any other time to talk about what we're looking forward to with Star Wars in 2023. So we're going to go through just by just like last week. If you guys haven't known about the episode last week, we did our best of Star Wars in 2022. So we're going to get into our most anticipated and I'm going to go through the entire list of everything I've documented from paper cannon to stuff on the screen to things outside of both of those uh, realms. We're going to get into it. We are going to first start off with the paper cannon as Matthew Nagabauer from the Ion Cannon uh, likes to call it and I've just taken that term and used it quite a lot recently. But anyway, we are going to get into it. Um, Talking with the comics, so the, the, the big things we have here are the Hidden Empire Ends. Uh, that's the big uh, trilogy of the Kira comics that started with Bounty, uh, War of the Bounty Hunters, then went on to Crimson Rain, and then went on to uh, Hidden Empire. And we know we have a lot of um, foreshadowing in some of the stories where they kind of are in the future, talking about how it ended. And my whole thing is, hmm, are we going to see Kira's end in the comic books. Ben, do you think we'll see her end in the Marvel comics this year upcoming? That's that's really tough. Like just because it's like uh I don't know because see, they could go a few different ways with it, you know. You could have her meeting her end or maybe when she encounters like the empire the imperial people or the other bad guys in it like or is it going to be one of those situations where it's like, hey, we defeated you, now you're going to work for us type type thing, you know? Mm. Um, so I could see it maybe being something like that, where she ends up working for the Empire. And it, I guess it all really just comes down to, at the end of the day, do they want to bring back Amelia Clark in live action or not? Because if they do, 
she would fit perfectly in the book of Boba Fett. Like, yeah. if we do a book of Boba Fett season two, especially the way season one ended, I mean, you know, you have kind of the um, underlying stuff with Cad Bane being most likely still alive, and then the stuff with um, uh, what's his name at the end, Cobb Vanth, the, uh, the guy, Cobb Vanth, yes, Cobb Vanth. You have the stuff with Cobb Vanth being um, getting like healed up and whatnot. So you don't really have any like streamlined stories that need to like be checked off for season two. So they could go in a totally different direction. And the thing is, just introducing, you know, they have to find a new villain or rival or something for Boba Fett, and maybe that ends up being Kira. Like I feel like that's her most, her highest chance of coming into live action is through the book of Boba Fett, just because, you know, she really doesn't have a place in Mando or mm-hmm. any of the other shows for that matter. So it's more along the lines of like, if they want to include her in the book of Boba Fett, then that would work. But if not, then, you know, she could easily get taken out in these comics. Yeah, that's the thing, right? As people bring this up, it's like, well, why why bring her into comics if they're not going to kill her? Like, like they're bringing her into comics because we, we usually have stuff like this happen where it's like, hmm, they're not going to ever bring in a well-known character out of thin air. And, and put them in the comics first. Like, that reveal is always going to be for something on the screen. So the fact that they revealed her with the Crimson Dog, that was such a big deal. It's like, hmm, is this going to be her fate in the comics? But they've been they've been building it up so much. I, I, I like to think that the at, the at the end of this, maybe she'll lose the Crimson Dawn. will just be wiped out and she'll survive. But she won't have the Crimson Dawn anymore um, to that certain degree. But, I mean, yeah, the Book of Boba Fett, that'd be great. I like to look at the Book of Boba Fett as he has conquered Tatooine. The Pikes have always been the smaller of the on the ladders of when it comes to, like, the criminal hierarchy. I always like to think of, like, Black Sun is higher. The Huts are a lot higher in, in, in stature in the galaxy. So, hey, you know, now now that Boba Fett has made a name for himself, you know, the five warring families, hey, they took out the Pikes, and now the other guys are going to look at him and be like, huh? Like, ooh, who, who's this upstart? Oh, we know him. He used to be a bounty hunter, but now he's a leader. Like, what? Now we got to take him out. You know, so I could see Boba Fett being a lot more of a galaxy-spanning adventure that could involve Kira as if she's still alive. Or maybe she'll pledge her allegiance to, to Boba Fett. And because maybe if the Crimson Dawn gets so destroyed, she could see him as a way, a way in somehow. Yeah, I mean, you could see it going that angle as well. Just, you know, something along the lines of, say, Boba Fett's in power, and then you have Kira showing up shortly after the events of these comics, basically being like, hey, blah, 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 blah. I'm, you know, my 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 criminal empire's fallen. I want to join yours, blah, 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 blah. Like, something along those lines. You know, you could easily see that happening with Kira, potentially. Just because it's like... It's like, why not as well? Like, I mean, of course, like you said, unless they had the intention of making her story strictly for the comics, then that's fine. It's just, I feel like with them, it's too big of, you know, it's too big of a cash cow to like pass up on. Like, because there's so many people that love Amelia Clark, of course, from Game of Thrones. And then, of course, from Solo, all the people who wanted a second Solo movie. Um, I think that's where there's a potential for that. And also, we do have to note, though, if she does get killed off in the Book of Boba Fett show, or I mean, in the comics, it doesn't necessarily mean that we won't see Amelia Clark on screen. 
Because if we ever do get that Lando show that was potentially oh out there. Oh my gosh, the Lando show. That's where Amelia Clark could maybe still come up, even if she gets killed off in the comics. So, like, I think there's a chance there. There's a couple chances. You have Book of Boba Fett, you have Lando, if that show happens. And then, of course, like, the comics, she could just get taken out. Or maybe she just rides off into the sunset and we never hear from her again. Yeah. Could be, could be interesting. Also, part of comics, uh, the same era we're playing between Empire and Return of the Jedi. It looks like we're eventually going to get there by the end of the year at some point. We're going to get to that point where it's like, okay, comics have now caught up to Return of the Jedi. And in Star Wars um, Revelations issue number one, one shot that came out a couple weeks ago, there's a lot of tantalizing teases, whether or not they come true, because it's through the lens of the Eye of Webish Bog, which is telling Vader like this whole premonition through the force of what could happen and you're seeing the different titles of the comics the different uh, series you're seeing what could happen in the future it could or could not be set in stone sort of thing but you see something like luke holding a green kyber crystal and also holding a red kyber crystal you see kira knocking down the emperor you see sabe holding the helmet of vader so there's a lot of really cool things and it's a nice way to be like hey we are getting right to the edge of this era and um I think I think that could be a way to end things. It's like, oh yes, yeah, the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. So it's like, why not? This is the time that you want to bridge into that. Use all that. Get the Both get the Bothans involved. We haven't even seen a Bothan in canon other than Return of the Jedi. Hearing their name mentioned, oh. it's crazy to me. Oh yeah. Well, here's something to keep in mind as well. Now that you mentioned that, so this is basically going to go through all of 2023, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going all okay. the way through. Okay, okay. So, well, this is getting to my point. So, if this goes all through 2023, Book of Boba Fett Season 2 conceivably would, conceivably would be 2024. So, if this ends at the end of 2023, boom, there you go. 2024. Potentially, she could be coming into that show. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I could see I could see that happening. I could see that happening. Um Let's talk about the next big thing here, and that's that's the books and the, more paper cannon. Yes, and we have the the big thing that I'm looking forward to. That's I believe this is the only big thing that's been announced so far, and that is the rise of the red blade, written by Delilah S. Dawson. That's about one of the Inquisitors during the time of the Darth Vader comics, and we see maybe her end in the comics, but I guess that's not the case. But I'm just, uh, as I said this before, I don't even know if it was on this show or somebody else's podcast that I might have been on. I like the fact that Lucasfilm is just putting out a book that's not tying directly into an upcoming series or anything else. Like, yeah, this was a character that was like a background character in a comic. And the fact that they were making a book just based on that one character that has no tie into anything is really fun for me. It's really fun. Um, just learning more about the insides of the Inquis of the Inquisition, getting that perspective. Are we going to get to see how she was turned to the dark side? Is it going to be like kind of the stuff that we've seen uh, with the second sister and the fallen uh, Star Wars Fallen Order? Uh, there's there's a lot of cool things, and Delilah also does a great job always of writing complex, darker characters like she did with the Phasma novels. Oh yeah. Well, like with that, with that whole thing, like you said, I like already just the fact that it's not really tied into like this big thing, because basically, you know, it allows them, the author to have like creativity, 
and not like just be tied down specifically. Like you have to hit these three check marks no matter what. You have, you know, force them into your story basically. It's like it's nice that they can, you know, just work around that versus, you know, just being held held by handcuffs basically to like a different story or a different book or a different show or a different tie-in. You know, because that's what we miss or in my opinion, um, I miss, and I'm sure Milton does as well, like with a lot of the old Legends books, for yeah. example, you know, they would just go and just write whatever. <laughs> like, you know, it would just be so... I mean, Chewbacca gets killed. Like, you know, you have all kinds of random mm-hmm. crazy stories in the old legend stuff because they could just go out and write stuff. Um, and that sort of thing, I think, is what's almost missing a little bit from the current canon material. Like, it's nice that they've done, like, the re-releases of the old legends books you know we've talked about those every time they release them and then you know now they're actually like diving more into like kind of standalone stories versus just like hey we need to connect it to these five other things or the book can't get wrote yeah and funny enough as we spent a little bit of time just talking about the fact of like hey this is nice that it's not as high and there is a book that I almost forgot to put on the list. I, luckily, I didn't forget because people would think I'm insane because they know how much of a Jedi Fallen Order fan I am. We are getting the Jedi Survivor tie-in book. <laughs> so as much time as we just spent talking about this, I don't care. I'm, I'm all for this because this is the key point. It's a video game. And the fact that it's actually tying in Fallen Order into Jedi Survivor, it's coming out like 10 days before the game. And it's going to be like, okay, so, so Jedi Survivor... Um, takes place five years after Jedi Fallen Order. So this book is going to take place sometime in that five-year gap. And we're going to see more uh, from, from Cal Kestis and his crew. And it has something to do with like a, a stormtrooper that's defecting. So that's going to be kind of cool. Maybe we'll see ramifications of that in Jedi Survivor. And when I do these tie-in books, it's always interesting to see like how much stuff actually transfers to the actual game because we did get a tie-in novel for inferno squad for battlefront 2 that was from delray that was the last big tie-in book because we never got one for fallen order so uh, inferno squad that book was actually a prequel to the game in which Iden versio and the rest of inferno squad basically infiltrated a rebel cell and killed the rebel cell from the inside out it's really good there's a huge reveal of a character from the Clone Wars on the Separatist side um, in that book that was like really cool to see how that character's end happened. I won't tell who it is because it's it's pretty cool just getting to the experience that on your own. But yeah, I mean, so far that Twilight Company, the tie-in novels that we have gotten, the adult tie-in novels for these games so far have been really good. So I, I'm optimistic that this one's going to be among the pantheon of great Star Wars tie video game novels. Yeah. Well, like you said, we go from saying, hey, make make one-off things to, you know, talking basically down about one-off stuff or, like, tie-in things. Like, And now we're talking about them. Like, my thing with the tie-in novels are, as long as they're, like, you know, pretty good, they they work really well. Like, for me... I think the best tie-in novel so far in like the in the Disney era has been the Catalyst book because like if you read or especially if you listen to that book on Audible um it's phenomenal because like it literally is like the prequel for Rogue One and it's just 
it's done so well because you get like such a nice background for all the characters the voice acting of course as well like those type of tie-in novels or audiobooks can be really good to like set the tone for the game or for the book or movie it's just like we said we just don't want like every single project to be like that because then it'll be like man they can't like be creative or like go on go out on a limb with certain things in the books you know it's nice that they're like diversifying their book um their book library i guess you would say mm-hmm. to where you know they're allowing their creators to be able you know for some to do tie-ins some to do you know like one-off type things etc oh yeah oh yeah getting into more books and comics and everything under the umbrella of the higher public it's going full steam ahead we got a brand new audio drama coming out the first week of january with the battle of Jeddah. cannot wait for that been very excited i'm already i'm all caught up on all the comics on the novels i'm doing so well with that so far so far and i am doing it because i i, I really do enjoy uh the new era of star wars but we are going to end phase two and we are going to begin phase three in november so just like last year we're ending a phase and starting a new one in the same year so there's a lot to expect, you know, phase two is going to really bring us more of the, the Nile backstory as we're getting with Marta Rowe in the path of the open hand. And then phase three, I'm very intrigued to see how far in the future that's going to take place, what that ending is going to be like in general. We're not going to see the ending in phase two in 2023. It'll easily carry, obviously, on into 2024, which is... Man, just saying 2024 is just kind of like a shock to the system. You know, it's like that seems so far in the future. From reality, it's only like a year away. But, you know, I, I think that this is going to be a something special. They're going to end strong. These authors have been orchestrating this from the, from the get-go. To see their plan fulfilled from beginning into end is going to be really cool. I can't wait to see how that all ends. Oh, yeah. I mean, like our, our listeners know, like I haven't like caught up a ton on the high republic stuff you know i mainly just like check out your breakdown videos and you know get the cliff notes versions from you and like for me anyways when it comes to the high republic i like i said even though i haven't read every single thing and all of that sort of stuff i do like the direction they're heading in it personally just because it's you know from my interpretation it's you know it's nice that they're like putting new ideas into it and of course like building building a nice back um i don't know what the word is like kind of like a backlog of stuff so basically like we always talk about with with star wars or any of these properties really when it comes to these properties it's nice to have like a backlog of stuff so when they go and make like a show or a movie you know they 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 have like a foundation of tons and tons of books to like lean on and to point to and say hey look we have the whole history of this like here boom all these books all these comics like that sort of thing like you know that's why people like for example with the sequel trilogy of course like it's a new trilogy etc like new creators but that's why people were so um almost like upset with it because there was such like a kind of rough episode seven eight and nine through the old legends material whether it be the thrawn trilogy or the new jedi order books or whatever like you know there was a rough trilogy so people had like ideas in their heads what it was going to be and then you know of course they changed over canon so you know that all got wiped away so it's nice like in a sense that they're going to going going in the direction of like building a foundation 
so they'll have stuff to work off of when they transfer it into live action you know when they start adding you know what if they at celebration for example of course we have we have the acolyte coming out but um you know what if they announce a straight up high republic show like it is literally called the high republic or something like you know we could get like an actual proper wait we already have that coming oh yeah that's true wait i forgot to put it on my list see as i'm doing this i realized like there is so much star wars content coming out it is coming up into my brain as i'm talking um so here's a quick sidebar we are getting and matthew can correct me in a chat because he's also another high republic head Thanks for watching. And we have Dark Nerdy Gonzo in the chat. Thanks. Hi, everybody. Um, but yeah, they, he's basically, um, I think it's called the High Republic Adventures. Or no, no, it's called the Young Jedi Adventures, I believe. And it's going to be a pre-K yeah. Star Wars animated series. So I know that's actually going to be like the first High Republic show. Yeah, first up, first up. <laughs> that'll be cool it's good it's a, bit, a bunch of padawans that are being uh, shepherded around the galaxy by yoda as we kind of assumed that would happen with the clone wars arc that we've seen so yeah i mean as far as the, the star wars books the stuff on paper there's a lot of cool stuff coming down the tunnel for that all right yeah young jedi adventures i gotta confirm all right but we're not done with the ancillary material or i don't even know if i want to call it ancillary material because when I say that, I kind of like I feel like it de de means or, or or kind of takes it down a step from everything else with Star Wars, and that's not the case. It's all one canon, guys. It's all connected. It all plays into the overall arcing story. But we have some games coming out. First on the list, Jedi Survivor is going to be coming out in March, as I mentioned. I mean, come on, what's there to say? I I, I mean, I'm going to hold back what I think is my, my most anticipated thing. We'll, we'll talk about our most anticipated things at the end of the, at the, end of the sh- list here. Uh, but this is definitely going to be on that list as the top three things I could say right now that I'm super excited for. It's Jedi Survivor. I mean, come on here. This, this is the thing that got me into Star Wars is the video games for the most part. Not not exactly. I've, I've, you know, Return of the Jedi was the first memory of Star Wars I've ever had, but... It's through Shadows of the Empire and through the Rogue Squadron, through Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, all those badass hardcore Star Wars games were what kept the the, the candle burning, so to speak, in the dark times. We didn't have anything between um, Revenge of the Sith and all that, and of course the Old Republic. But Jedi Survivor, we talked about the trailer here, Ben. Now it didn't in, it didn't invent the wheel or reinvent the wheel or anything like that. Um, but a good game doesn't need to be that. If it's able to kind of fix out some of the things that people had. I know people had issues with the map design as far as like navigation of certain maps. If they iron that out, maybe open up the world a little bit. Give us the mounts like I've seen. Change up the saber combat, right? They, they've clearly done that. Maybe add like some kind of like companion type of things which i was hoping before it looks like we had that one uh male character that's helping out cal kestis at one point so for me i mean this is everything i want uh, changing up the enemy design giving us freaking dark troopers and battle droids by droves like come on how is this not going to be awesome and just seeing a, a more old uh, an older grizzled cal kestis um just with everything he's going through just running from the empire it doesn't even look like the empire is like super much is is a lot in this game yeah if you see but there's a lot more of the fringe element i feel like we're going to see a lot less of the empire in this game a lot more of the fringe 
scoundrels of the galaxy as those are the types of people he's going to have to ally himself with to kind of stay afloat, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, the funny thing is, like, you talking about um, this, I actually just watched this the trailer um, when I was doing cardio the other day. And, like, to me, I was thinking about it. Like, so maybe, like, the guy, like, the villain or whatever, um, like, the person in the back to, oh, back to yeah, tank yeah, looking yeah. thing. I think that's the quote-unquote survivor. Like, I think that's that's the character. I don't think it has to do with Cal. I think it's oh, that guy. Oh, that's a good idea. I haven't heard of that. Like, like I feel like it, it's going to be that guy just because it's like... I don't know. I, I, I always think with titles, like, there's always, like... It's not, like, obvious, you know? Like, most of the time, anyways. They're never, like, 100% obvious, like, with what it is. Like, sure, it could be just Cal being the survivor or whatever... But I think it, it might be that person in the back to tank, actually. So I meant to even um, throw that out there. But but yeah, for me, when it comes to this game, I'm really excited for it. Just because, like I said, I played through the first game, really enjoyed it. Um, and then this one, it's just it's a good game. Like, you know, a lot of times nowadays, I feel like we don't get good games. Like, there's always issues with games. Like, whether it be um, like Halo, Call of Duty madden um just every game has a problem you know there's all i mean look the lego game got delayed for so long oh. all of these things have so many issues and like fallen order in my opinion just didn't it, it was just a smooth release mm -hmm. there was no issues really like it was a good game and like that's something i feel like a lot of companies are missing i mean heck even cyberpunk i know a lot of people are excited for that game and that had a bunch of issues like there's all kinds of issues with gaming nowadays and mm. now, um, you know, Fallen Order, you know, they're one for one so far. You know, they did a really good job not having issues on the first launch, really. Yeah. So it's nice in a, in a way, in a sense of like, hey, this is at least a franchise we can like on paper so far conceivably rely on to like release at least a good game with no issues. Because, you know, that's just to me, it's just too common nowadays in gaming for that to happen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we got we got Matthew chiming in chat. Fallen Order reinvented all the wheels already. All Survivor needs to do is build on it, tell a unique enough story. Yeah, right on, man. That's exactly what the game needs to do. Now, a quick little aside here based on what we're talking about. We did have a little thing called a pandemic, which definitely threw a wrench oh, yeah. in the equation of game development because all of a sudden people overnight had to just suddenly become teams online only. And, you know, with data... And, and when you're working on games, a lot of large file sizes and you just don't have that same kind of camaraderie and, um, you know, collaboration as you would if you're all in one place working. So I think now a lot of teams are kind of back in person again and things definitely have been righted the right way as far as like, hey, how do we do things online now? I think a lot of, all those solutions have mainly been solved at this point. Um so just keep that in mind that this game was like made almost entirely <laughs> in a pandemic, which is going to be very interesting. All these new games coming out, just keep that in mind. It's like, oh, wow, like they actually built these games. And that's going to be impressive when you actually play the game. You're like, these guys weren't even together in the same room making this thing, and it turned out this good. So I I'm just looking forward to that. Of course, a lot of the heavy lifting was basically already done because they already did all the, the mechanics with the first game. Now they're just making it look prettier, putting in more enemies, more polygons for the next-gen system. So, sounds easy enough, but I'm sure it's still as difficult as it could have been because I can't imagine how hard it is to ship a video game as we see them 
like you said, get delayed and cyberpunk and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, what else is there to say? Jedi Survivor um, is going to be one hell of a game. One hell of a game. Another game that I actually had hands on with at Star Wars Celebration is Star Wars Hunters, a mobile game that at the time I thought was going to come out pretty soon, but apparently it isn't. I was cleaning up the room and I came across the Star Wars Hunters poster I got from <laughs> Star Wars Celebration. And I was like, wait, why is this game not out yet? Seriously, like I have this poster of all these um, different skins for every character. Like they obviously like were ready to ship the game and then we haven't heard anything at all. That's great. <laughs> so yeah because yeah. well well i mean when it comes to the hunters game i feel like wasn't an it initially talked about like releasing in like november or december or something it was supposed to be like the end of this year i, I thought it was and then yeah. it's now it's like now it's like hey now it's actually coming out in 2023 so i don't know i feel like we'll just to me that's kind of like a wait and see game you know at this point just to see how it ends up being or how popular it really ends up being but you know we'll have to check it out yeah, yeah, and I think there might be another game coming out still. I think at this point there's been so many things. I, I keep seeing this about the Ubisoft game that they're looking for testers at this point. Like, the people will test the game. So it's like, okay, I mean, I don't know how far in development you need people to test the game, but that's a good sign. Like, okay, like, this game is still going forward. They have content. They're making it. Maybe we'll get an Ubisoft game at the end of the year. Because I don't know where this report came from, but I think at one point, with all these projects working on Star Wars games, they want to try to ship a Star Wars game, like like two Star Wars games a year, like big ones. Like one, you know, yeah. maybe like around Fallen Order or Jedi Survivor, like one in the spring and one in the fall. And they have enough studios working. Like, like even the, the Knights of the Republic remake, that could maybe still come out in 2023 i mean granted they completely switched the studio so maybe not but that's still there then you have all the games that are being made um over by respawn who's also working on jedi survivor but they have a first person shooter game they're working on they're working on rts game so at star wars celebration i fully expect um there to be some sort of announcement because um, why not? I mean, granted, I, I, I will never expect a gaming announcement at Star Wars Celebration after they just completely sidelined Survivor this year. Like, they just came out with a YouTube video at a random time during Celebration. Like, oh yeah, here's the game. It's like, you guys couldn't have just, like, come to Celebration and had a cool-ass panel like last time. But I digress. So, I mean, I think it's so possible that we could have three Star Wars games this year. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible, like you said, because you have the spring game and the fall game, and especially the fall one's always nice just because it's like, hey, it's the holidays, so, you know, they want to capitalize on that, and that would be a perfect time to release a game. Release it release it right before Black Friday or something, you know, like all around oh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, I'm sure they would be raking in the bucks. Like, I think I think that's a, um, a real possibility, honestly. Well, I'm pretty sure Survivor is supposed to be out by now. Um, and, and the last minute, it seems like they pulled the plug on the last-gen systems. Because originally, this game was supposed to come out on Xbox One and PS4. And just like Gotham Knights before, they, the, the developers were like, it's not worth trying to cram all these resources 
into this like old versions of the systems. Let's just take a step back and reevaluate. And I think in doing so, they kind of push things back a little bit because the good thing is now it's going to be looking and playing even better when they have all their focus on current system specs rather than split the manpower maybe and having to have some people work on the old version. So I like that yeah, step. That... Oh, go on. I was just saying, like, I like that idea. I mean, we've had these systems for over two years now. It's about time that, you know, people start developing on the new hardware because at this point it's not even new anymore. And you can't really make the excuse if you can't find the systems anymore because I've walked into uh, multiple stores and seen Xboxes, Series Xs, and, you know, you can go online and get PS5s and all that. So you, know, you can't really use the excuse of, oh, people don't have enough of the systems because if people want them, they can buy them. Um, at this oh, point, tr trust me, that's like a whole two hour podcast rant, in my opinion, because it's like, like real quick, like my thing with the whole situation is like, <laughs> like you said, we've had, two we've had two years. Also, I'm so sick of them call or people calling the old gen systems, current gen. It's like, no, they're that's old gen. Like current gen is PS5, Xbox S, X, like that sort of stuff. It's not, you know. So like that's that's one thing that bugs me, and like I'm glad Fallen Order is doing this, and I hope I hope that's a sign. Like especially with Fallen Order being under EA, I hope that's a sign they do that for like their sports games like Madden, FIFA, etc. Like just start transitioning over to um, the next gen systems because it's like it's about time we have you know like I said it's two years, you have plenty of time. You know, um, there, there's a supply of them now. It's not, we're not during the pandemic. So now, you know, now there's actually a supply. And then in terms of like the financials of it, like, you know, the systems can run like anywhere between like three to $500. But like, if you think about it, um, obviously like that's a lot of money to drop at one time. But even if you just save like $5 or $6 per week, $6 per week. So basically if you save $1 per day for an entire year, that'll pay for that system. So like, to me, it's just like, just save up. Like you don't have to buy it right away. Like to me, it's just save up a few bucks here and there. Like put it in a jar. Like you know, you know, you have like the old savings jars. Like people throw change into. Like write next gen system jar and just drop it in a few bucks here and there. And then you know you'll eventually get to that goal of being able to grab one of those systems. And I think it's just worth it, in my opinion, for like the better graphics, the better gaming, the gameplay smoother. And it's just um, it's time. Yeah, I mean, just uh, the quality of life features. I don't mean to turn this into a gaming podcast, although I'd love to do a gaming podcast yeah. one day. But it's like with the Xbox Series S, I love the fact that I can just get into games so quickly because it's got the solid state drive. So like it's instant and you can have multiple games up. So I can go I can go from playing like that, you know, Skywalker Saga and then instantly load into you know, some other game without having to go well, to the well, start I've, menu I've done that before with Madden. So, for yeah. example, I've been, in, I've been in Madden, and I just dashboard out and click into the Skywalker Saga, and then when I click back into Madden, my game is still there. Yeah. So it's like, it's just, it's so, and it's such quality of life features, I don't even think about it, you know? It's like, it's just so natural now. It's like, oh, yep. man, this is such a nice feature. And then, like, the next-gen systems are smaller, you know, they're, you know, it just, I don't know, to me, it's just... It's worth it to save up for. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Okay. We're moving <laughs> into animation territory, starting with the Bad Batch, which technically um, is going to be the new year. I don't know why I'm thinking that it's this year. No, the Bad Batch is literally starting 
in less than a week's time as of recording this on December 30th. So I've been seeing Lucasfilm ramping up the the um, promotion for this, the marketing, because I'm seeing every day a different trail. I just stopped watching them because I think it's just yep. stuff we've I mean, already seen. And it's like, ah, I got, you know, a couple, a matter of hours at this point. I can count hours until this thing starts now. So it's like, let's just wait for it. But uh, what are your expectations of this? Well, for me, Bad Batch, it's a mixed bag of emotions, I can say that. Because, like, you know, last year, as, as we all know, we ended off our, like, finale review and series finale review basically just being like, man, I don't know what we just watched here. Because it was like... There was a lot of highs and a lot of like really big lows and like there was weird management with the episodes like placing really bad ones toward the end of the season like just really bad um, management on certain aspects of the show. So you know you have that sort of stuff and then of course you have the potential highs of the show like you know we had all the different high moments and to me like that gives me hope for this season like that we're going to have some really good high moments like what is this big mission Rex is talking about? Like, please, please don't let it be just like rescuing some like little alien slug. I think it will be. I think it'll be like that. Because because (laughs) if it's like that, I'm going to cry. But then when it comes to this, like there's so many potential big storylines you could access, like the Mount Tantus stuff at the end of season one. There is the, all the talk of Boba Fett. And like they mentioned Boba Fett like three or four times in the series. Yeah. You know, so it's like are we we should get Boba Fett eventually, right? I think so. You know, I feel like that'll happen. And then of course you have Omega, like where she's gonna be heading in her like journey. Like like I said before, she's my favorite character from the series so far in terms of new characters. And I can't wait to see where she ends up going. And then just the uh yeah, those type of like high potentials have me excited for the series. But then, you know, it's like in the back of my mind, I just, you know, the first trailer just rings out to me. You hear Sid talking in like the first 20 seconds and I'm like, "Ooh, please, please don't let this be like 10 out of 16 Sid episodes. Oh. Or even if there are Sid episodes, that's another point. Even if there are Sid episodes, as long as the missions are relevant and not just random uh bug stuff like will be good yeah well i want to see uh, it's you know it's dangerous to do the speculation as we all do it and oh. ultimately get disappointed milton says it all the time and and i still do it anyway he's like i know what's gonna happen and it's not that it's like i don't care this is part of being a star wars fan right we're, we're talking we're yep. spitballing here i i mean yeah i i want to see a thrilling thrilling season with a lot less of those one-off adventures but I want to see a clone uprising. I was hoping for it to happen in the last season. Uh, based off some titles, it looks like clone uprising or, or clone conspiracy. Clone or, conspiracy. I think that there's going to be a, the clones becoming uh, realizing that they're going to be phased out, and they're not going to go down without a fight. I think they're going to just say, "Nope, we don't want these conscripts taking our jobs. We're taking you guys down, and we're going to see this big." Big last stand somewhere. I'm I'm hoping we get some cool resolution with more of the with more of the clones here. Oh yeah, I'm really hoping for that as well. Just because I think, you know, it can it can uh, really help with, you know, just help add some more stakes to the show for our characters. Because, you know, 
so far, like, we haven't had, like, we've had some stakes, but, you know, not a ton. So to add more stakes in terms of, like, the relationships, because, you know, they are clone troopers, obviously, so it'll, it'll add more, like, weight for the Bad Batch to help out the other clone troopers, you know, realize this. So, you know, hey, maybe, maybe we get this with Commander Cody or something. Like, maybe they interact with Cody and, like, you know, they talk to him or something, and, it, you know, it's one of those... I could see it being one of those situations. Like, we've seen it a million times in, in movies and shows, but I could see it being rehashed here. Basically where it's like, good character interacts with bad character and is like, hey, bad stuff is going on. you got to realize that bad character fights them off, then good characters leave, and then the bad character starts thinking about it. And then, you know, eventually turns. And I think there's a chance they do that with Cody, where it's like, you know, it, it goes along those lines, maybe. Um, where he eventually turns or something just because I don't know it's just I feel like it could happen <laughs> yeah I'm looking forward to seeing more about Tantus like Dark Nerdy Gonzo in our chat room is saying I think uh, the fact that they're putting this out during the time of the Mandalorian bodes well for some pretty cool connective tissue I, I, I'll say that the one time the only time this has ever had like the best cohesion cohesion between two things in the same week, week I've ever seen was way back when in 2016 there was a Star Wars uh Canon comic that came out that was talking about Fenra and it was like Kanan had met Fenra and then that night on on the TV episode it was the one where he meets Fenra and he like referenced back to his time awesome. with him and it was like the crossover of the century because it was like holy crap like Canon is like really strong right now because we're getting these th two things on the same day they somehow coordinated like that so I would love to see like a Bad Batch episode where they go to Mount Tantus and then my my conspiracy or my speculation would be when we see um, Dr. Pershing walking with that one character, I forget who it was, walking through that location real quick. I, I feel like that's Mount Tandis. And I feel like they could space it be. out where they had him walking through there because he's a cloning guy, right? And if we know anything about yeah. the legends, he's a cloning guy. You go there and we get to see a young version of Pershing or not even just a young version, some, just the same location on the same day that those two things come out. It's like... Ooh, what do you watch first? Bad Batch and Mando. That's another thing, too. What are we going to watch first, Mando or Bad Batch? Because there's going to be like three or four weeks where we're going to have to decide that. Yeah, I think I think that's what's going to happen, though, with the um, the show. Like Because if you think about it, Bad Batch will be deep into the season. There'll be however many, eight, ten episodes into the season by the time we get to Mando. And then by the time Bad Batch ends, that'll be like, you know, almost all the way through Mando. So basically, there's a good chance we get a, a crossover-esque type thing again, like like with the Kanan situation, where maybe we get a young intern Dr. Pershing in Bad okay. Batch, and then we see Dr. Pershing at Mount Tantus in The Mandalorian, because... Like you said, we literally see him, so we're no we know we're gonna be there unless we get there and it's it's not Mount Tantus, but I feel like it's it, it's gotta be. Like where else would he be? Especially with you know, all the different things from Mando season one with like wanting to take like bit Grogu's blood, like, you know, just these little type of cloning things. Um I I think it's just building perfectly, honestly. Oh yeah. So so there you go, we got Bad Batch, but I didn't forget this one, Dark Nerdy Gonzo. 
I had it on my list. We have Vision Season 2. So Vision Season 2 is revealed to us Star Wars Celebration Anaheim 2022. And there they also mention it's not just going to be Japanese and Japanese animation studios, anime studios. It is going to be studios from across the world, from Europe to uh, Korea, I believe, to everywhere in between. Um, they're really just trying to get creatives from all around the world that have different backgrounds, different perspectives. So hopefully what I'm hoping is do we do get the one studio that did the Ninth Jedi and we get a continuation of that because out of all the ones I want to see more of, it would be that one. I think, see, I thought I remember them talking or someone, I think one of the people associated with that were tweeting about them potentially doing um, more vision stuff. So I think that was actually a thing. Um, I could be wrong. I mean, maybe correct me, but I feel like that was a thing that was out there. Um, but yeah, like you said, the people associated with the Ninth Jedi were excellent. And then just in general, Visions is nice, kind of like the um like the Red Blade book you were talking about earlier. Like, I think these type of things are so nice because they're kind of obviously Red Blade is more is canon, but like, you know, it's more just standalone. And like Visions is nice because they can just go and do whatever they want. It's not like it's not really tied to anything. So of course we can't really predict what's gonna happen because the stories are just one-offs. But mm -hmm. I think there's a good chance if we're if we make a prediction, I think there's a good chance they do some type of a um, you know, some type of like a Mando-esque thing, maybe with Din Djarin or something, just because it's so popular, like maybe mm. we get some type of like a one-off with Din and Grogu, you know, in, in Vision style or something, just because it's like, you know, now that they've been in development for so long, it's like, hey, what's popular in Star Wars? Maybe that. Hey, Chris, here's one for you. What if they do a, a Visions episode of with, with Cal Kestis? <laughs> like, Ooh. you know, like, I don't know, because, you know, they could do anything. Like, they really could. So it just anything's on the table. So maybe we get something where they cross over with some of our favorite, um, like, live action or video game properties. Yeah, that that would be a different, unique step because, I mean, everything in season one is so far-fledged from anything we've ever seen. It's where they get to get their creativity and... Well, it's, it's going to be interesting because I don't know if Lucasfilm wants their characters to be just doing crazy, crazy things if yeah, it's not canon. True. So we have to wait and see on that. I'd be open for either approach, but I do like... That's what I really like about Visions is it is brand new characters that they could just do anything they want with. They could have people fighting outside in space on mega Star Destroyers like going Kameha Blast and just completely destroying the galaxy and it's like ah oh, that's just characters out there we don't we don't have any connection to them and and they could do whatever we want oh yeah that's that's one of the best parts about it like it's just letting the studios be creative versus you know it's nice having a canon but then it's nice just being able to just to make a project and have fun with it and make a good story and like the end of the day story is what matters like you can you know, you can have canon all you want, but if the story's not good, it doesn't matter. You know, like, it doesn't matter if it's canon if the story's not good. So, like, Visions, it's nice because they did really well. Like, for the most part, I think all the episodes were really good. And it's just, like, I'm so excited to see what they do next. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And as we could probably expect, we're all most likely beginning some kind of Lego special as they have been 
very, very consistent with whether it be a summer vacation or the, the, the uh, what is it? Horrifying tale, terrifying tales, yep. or holiday special. If you were to pick one event that they haven't covered, what would it be? Well, considering they took my idea of yeah. the different holiday and 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 seasonal themed Lego specials, um, I. See, that's a tough one, because we got the summer vacation, we got the Halloween, we got the Christmas, and see, that's tough, because those are like the three big events, I would say, every year. But I think what they could do, in a unique way, <clears throat> excuse me, but I think what they could do in a really unique way is some type of a Thanksgiving-esque special in November, like, you know, you could do... You could do kind of like the whole, you know, like a fun version of, you know, like how like the American or like the U.S. people like did like a, 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 you know, like a Thanksgiving with the Native Americans, like that sort of thing. Like you could do something like that with like, I don't know, with our main characters, say like Ray and Luke and those guys and like them meeting up, I don't know, with a group of Tuscan Raiders or a group of Ewoks or a group of Wookiees and like, oh, you know, yeah. sitting down for a dinner, you know, something like a Thanksgiving esque type episode. I could see that happening. Um, just because like they, they hit the other hard hitters with summer, Halloween and Christmas. So now it's time for kind of like a Thanksgiving esque. I mean, of course, you know, life days in November, it's November 14th or 17th, I think. Um, you know, so we have life day. So you could kind of do, a life day slash Thanksgiving esque holiday special. And I think that would be a nice thing to slot in because then you have your summer, your Halloween, your Chris, your Thanksgiving and your Christmas. Like, you know, I, if I had to predict, I would say they'll surprise us with a Thanksgiving special in November. I would say, well, if it wasn't so darn busy, I guess I could do it. Cause it's going to be before Mandalorian Valentine's day, star Wars. Uh, I well, think that perfect. would be, and they could do it so easily. They have the Galactic Star Cruiser. They could picture it, point it yep. as, hey, let's get another adventure on the Galactic Star Cruiser. You're going to go on this romantic cruise around the galaxy. You're going to go to these romantic places like Naboo and all these other tranquil places, right? And see these different sites that'll be uh, in that in that kind of state of mind. So I have thrown my... Uh, Hat in the ring for Valentine's Day Star Wars. And I don't know what they would call it. They would just come up with some random name there. Some Star Warsy name there. But yeah. Hey. Lo love across the stars. Or love in the galaxy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Moving on to the headlining stuff. We are moving on to live action series. Starting with The Mandalorian Season 3. The last time we got the Mandalorian, Ben, I think it was literally in 2020, right? Yeah. So yeah, we were doing the podcast then. Yeah, I mean, it was in 20, it was 2020. Yeah, it was two years ago. Because if it wasn't for Book of Boba, it would be we wouldn't. Yeah, we wouldn't even be interacting with Mando for three years if we didn't get him in Bo the Boba Fett show. Yeah. So if you put that in perspective, it takes a movie about two or three years to make. So. I am fully expecting this thing to just be evolutionary in the way of like every and it is evolutionary. Every time they have a new Star Wars series with the John Favreau, they always push new territory with the technology. 
And as we've seen with season one was very small scale. I mean, the most they've had was like a couple, a couple dozen 501st members at the end of the Battle of Navarro there at the end of season one. That was the most big scale it got. And season two, um, it got a little larger scale with the battle on Tatooine and things like that with the big uh, crate dragon. But I think we are going to see like fully fledged space battles to some degree in this one. Not just like little skirmishes like we had in season one, but I think we could see legit things. Wait, we actually seen a trailer, didn't we? Where there, there is like space battles. Yeah. In an asteroid field yeah, with an average yeah. starfighter. Yeah, there were there was definitely some space battles in the trailer, um, for sure. So that's definitely a a thing. And like you said, with the scale of the show, I think the scale of the show will have well more scaled up episodes that are bigger. Or, you know, along with the bigger episodes, there's potential for the smaller scale scale ones to be just more detailed in general. Because, you know, a lot of the Mandalorian's backbone was based on the volume and like just the way it's shot as a Western. So, you know, I think they'll be able to do a good a good kind of like hybrid mix for it because obviously we're going to be going to different places like, you know, wherever Bo-Katan is living right now. Well, I'm sure we'll go there based on like some of the shots from the trailer. Um, and then, of course, probably back to Mandalore. I mean, just it, it, it all makes sense. You know, they're going to Mandalore, so we'll get that. Um, and yeah, like Mando, it's just to me, I always talk about it like it's such a cross-cultural show like anybody can watch it and have a good time with it and talk and you know you can talk to anybody about it Mm -hmm. so for me it's just it's one of my most anticipated shows in general of 2023 and i just think we have a lot of possibilities that are going to be expanding for it you know between the show itself the connective tissue to the other live action series that are going on and then like just the wider implications for the entire like mandoverse story because for me a lot of this stuff i'm going to be keeping an eye out on through mando and then through the other live action shows we're going to get into i think when it comes to these shows now that we're basically past you know kind of okay so like season one of a show is kind of like the intro yeah season two season two is kind of like your your action your you know you're getting out of the intro phase now to me, season three, and most likely, I had to guess, there's probably a season four, I'm sure. Say season three, season four of this show, we're going to be getting more of the wide implications. Because, you know, Kathleen Kennedy did say when, when they announced these live-action Mandoverse shows, like, she flat out said they're leading to a climatic event or series or something. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it, they're all leading to something. So, to me... I'm just going to be looking for those underlying story hints of, okay, what's going on? Like, you know, we have the Dr. Pershing stuff, for example. We have some of the allusions to the First Order. We have some of the, um, uh, oh, I mentioned it a few weeks ago. So when I was watching Mando Season 2, for any of our listeners, watch the Bo-Katan episode again and listen to what Bo-Katan, when she first first talks with Mando, uh, I mean, not on the ship, when she's talking with him off the ship, um, when she's just having her first initial conversation with him, she talks about, uh, you know, retaking. And, like, she talks about, you know, preparing, like, you know, so they're obviously, like, going to be retaking Mandalore. So, like, or or something else. So, there's a lot of implications, like, little subtle hints at the wider scoping 
whatever big story Dave and John are trying to tell with the Mandoverse shows, I think we're going to get even more and more breadcrumbs to lay the foundation of whatever whatever it's leading up to. Yeah, and, and what's cool about this is it seems like we've gotten a lot more Mandalorian material, but we, we really haven't. Because um, we had season one, like you said, builds a foundation. Season two also builds a foundation with introducing all these characters. Then we got Book of Boba Fett, which is like the 2.5, where we got to see some of those characters and introduce new characters like Black Kersantan. And then season three is going to be like the first the first season that comes out, which is after the Book of Boba Fett. So we're really going to start to see that crossover effect, right? We're going to start to see that happen. And the only confirmed seasons of live-action TV we have this year are all Mandoverse shows. So we're and used to getting... Yeah, the, the fact that we're used to waiting an entire year for one Mandoverse show, and the fact now that we're getting three in a single year that's going to go one into the other, it's just mind-blowing. So this next year, we're just going to be nothing but steeped into that post-Return of the Jedi era with doing so much heavy lifting with the world building, it's already been done, and just branching things out further, which is just so freaking exciting because now we're going to get all these characters jumping back, and I can't wait to see what Boba Fett and Black Kersantan is doing there on Tatooine. I can't wait for that episode when Din goes goes back to Tatooine and we see like all these other people like working for them and, and the cool things like that. We're really starting to see the full picture of what Favreau and Filoni have been building for all these years. Oh, yeah, that's that's the number one thing I'm looking forward to in terms of these Mandover shows is where we're going and where we're building to it. Because, I mean, I've said it consistently since day, Mando Season 1, Episode 1. I remember talking to my buddies about it, you know, and by the time we got to the end of Season 1. There has to be a bigger villain than Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon is a great villain and everything. Amazing. Um, John Carlos Esposito is phenomenal. But he just doesn't give me the vibes of being the only big bad, you know. So, to me, I think a lot of this stuff is going to be building, of course, up to Thrawn's introduction. Because we have, you know, Mando Season 2, when Ahsoka is interrogating that uh, that woman. Actually, and if you didn't know, that's like Bruce Lee's niece, I believe. But, mm-hmm. um, so anyways, when she's interrogating her, like... That's, to me, a big stepping stone into more of the story. Because now it's going to be like, okay, so Thrawn has people that are on his side here, like in the galaxy, obviously, since she's interrogating this chick who knows, you know, where Thrawn is, or potentially where Thrawn is. So, like, you know, you have these types of things that are going to be building out the galaxy and building us into those other shows and then it'll just keep carrying and you know it's kind of like the snowball effect you know you add more and more and more snow to it and it just gets bigger and bigger and i think that's where it's heading with these shows and you know it's going to just snowball out of mando because to me this is something i think our listeners and even us as like say the podcast host and you know avid star wars fans that we are have to keep in mind in my opinion though Okay, so I think the main storyline for season three of this show is going to be Mandalore focused. I think it's going to be all Mandalore, mm-hmm. a lot of Mandalore probably, um, just because, you know, you have the whole thing from the armor basically saying he needs to go below the waters and do all that sort of stuff. And I think that's going to be our main, main storyline. 
And I think these breadcrumbs are going to be strong breadcrumbs in the background. Like we may get more talk of like things in the outer rim or more talk of where characters are. Like we'll get more breadcrumbs. But I think a good chunk of this story is going to be Mandalore Focus. But we're going to be getting more of the backbone built for this big uh, story. Oh, yeah. So let's jump into the next one here. And that is Ahsoka. So Ahsoka, as we know, it is going to be Rebels Season 5. Because, hell, even the ending of Season 4 was really a look at Mandalorian, I guess, for the most part. Because I think they filmed that same shot with her and that garb and everything. I wasn't in the room, unfortunately, um, at Celebration. And they haven't released that footage yet. Um, although I imagine they're going to probably re release it when we get closer to Ahsoka. But here we go. You know, Dave Filoni is writing and directing, I think, every one of those episodes. We're seeing that design that, you know, as you put it, Ben, kind of revokes, evokes um, World Between Worlds. So there's a lot of cool rumors floating around of different characters. We know Hayden Christensen might play a factor in this. Maybe that's why he was promoted so much with Obi-Wan is because he's also going to be in the limelight once again later this year, perhaps, or next year. But, yeah, what's your overall hype and excitement for Ahsoka? Oh, for me, I can say, you know, obviously spoilers, but this is my number one most anticipated show of the year by far, or most anticipated anything Star oh. Wars by far. Um, Just because I think this show offers a lot of nuance potentially to the star wars galaxy just because you know not even like going off like rumors and different rumblings that are out there just like saying strictly what we know from lucasfilm from um i did see the trailer that did leak online during celebration like the trailer <laughs> it's 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 it was literally like 20 seconds and all it is is like ahsoka walking out taking off her hood and like looking sideways or whatever so you see her basically so it's nothing like it's nothing like over the top crazy. It was literally just a straight up teaser. And you could tell it was kind of like, you know, early shots, early production of the show type thing. Um, but Rosario, of course, looks great. And like my thing is, it's just the show offers so much potential because we know, you know, just based on watching Rebels, we know basically Thrawn and Ezra got taken either to a different part of the galaxy or out of the galaxy entirely wherever those wherever those space wheels or wherever those pergil <laughs> went to so we know thrawn and ezra are somewhere out there and then we have the whole potential of course ahsoka is going to wherever thrawn and ezra are because she's hunting them down in mando season two so you have that you have Ahsoka basically heading to new territories, which we've probably never seen. So, like, those are those are some awesome possibilities there. And then on top of that, to me, um, it's going to be nice seeing the live-action adaptations of certain characters we know, like Sabine. I mean, Sabine's going to be a prominent character in this show. Uh, you have her. We have Hera um, being, like, casted from what it sounds like, Ewan McGregor's wife. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, you have different things like that, that to me, it's just, like you said, it's Rebels Season 5. That's what it is. Like, I love Rebels, so that's why I'm so excited about it. Like, I know this is, like, maybe sacrilegious to say, but to me, I like Rebels just, it's, like, a little bit more than Clone Wars. 
um, just uh, just because I think I like a lot of the story beats a little better. Like this is kind of my like assumption when it comes to these shows. Like Clone Wars is just like a solid through line. You know, the, it has some highs, it has some lows, but you know, it's kind of like just like a solid eight if, in general. And then Rebels, like you have. Some episodes that are like yeah. really high, like ten out of ten, booming, booming, awesome. And then you have some low episodes that are like, whoa, this was bad. So <laughs> like, I like Rebels for that fact. Like, I like a lot of the stuff they offered in that show. So that's why I'm so excited for this one. And then the fact that you mentioned, you know, Dave's doing all of it because he knows his character. There's the um, even the hint from the title of the Ahsoka show. Like for our, our viewers, like pull up the Ahsoka title card. And like the O on Ahsoka, it looks like the World Between Worlds portal from um, that Rebels episode, you know, mm -hmm. when the Emperor is like doing the magic and stuff. So like there's potential for the World Between Worlds. You know, we have Ahsoka, we have Thrawn, we have um, all these other Rebels characters. Like it just, to me, it just screams like this could be like a revolutionary Star Wars show in my opinion. And it could be a huge step for Dave Filoni because, you know, we Dave's done a lot of like things now that he's like moved up a little bit at lucasfilm he's done a lot of things and of course he's directed a few live action episodes of mando and, and stuff but now it's like he's getting his own show so this is like really his proving ground to be like hey if he knocks that out of the park here the sky's the limit oh yeah this is this is uh he he's already kind of proven his shops with the mandalorian yep and here we go this is his baby this is what he's always loved more than anything else with star wars as we see many many years to to some people's dismay they're like okay he's, he's no reason his character and you know after the series i'm, I'm gonna want to have a little bit of a step down from having so much of her but it's gonna be great like you said you, you put out so many great points there ben about why we should care about this show and i mean come on i loved rebels it was very solid for the most part and that Thrawn thing is is what I'm really excited for. I feel like that's going to be maybe be an Ahsoka. Epic. Ahsoka, they're so worried about Mandalore. They're so worried about taking Mandalore, which doesn't really have a big effect on the galaxy. Like They're just trying to re retake a planet. But I think Ahsoka will show, Man will show Din, like, okay, this is going to tear apart the galaxy if we don't do something. And yep. the New Republic doesn't give a crap. But you're my buddy. Give me some aid against this uprising and prevent it from happening. And yeah, so that that, that could be great. We, we're gonna see that the a legacy character. There's no bigger Legends character I would say than Thrawn, other than Mar Jade. So to see her, to see him coming into this, played maybe by Lars Mikkelsen, the voice actor, would be really cool. We've seen stuff like that in Star Wars with Bo-Katan playing the voice. And the physical manifestation of Bo-Katan in Mando Season 2. So let's see Lucasfilm pull it off again. You know, put the guy in the blue makeup, give him the red eyes, and uh, let's, let's go to town on, on bringing back one of the OGs of the Star Wars expanding universe. Well, well, my thing with him as well is they obviously... Um, like, of course, we're not going to get much of Thrawn in any of these shows, in my opinion. Like... I mean, we might. Who knows? Episode one of Ahsoka might open and, and just blow our socks off and have Thrawn the opening shot of the show or something on a stranded planet. Like, um, but I think with these, with the with the whole Thrawn implications, like you said, 
I think there's a good chance, you know, we go along the lines of like, hey, they take Mandalore back, Thrawn gets word of it, and he's like, who cares? It's just it's just one planet, it doesn't matter. Um, type deal. Like, I think with Thrawn, it just in my opinion, since Disney is handling this, um, and since obviously you have Marvel Studios there under the umbrella, you know, think about it when they were developing these shows. So Mando Season 1 came out in 2019. So you have that show. So it would conceivably be, conceivably be getting made or developed in 2017-ish, 2018-ish. What was right around that time? Avengers with Thanos. Mm-hmm. To me, to me, I think what Dave and John's concept was, hey, we need a villain we need something to kind of like do this connected tissue thing like Marvel. Mm-hmm. And that's where probably Dave was like, hey, we we went and moved Ezra and Thrawn off the board from Rebels so they didn't die. Let's start building a story, kind of reverse engineering a story from wherever Thrawn is, reverse engineering a story backwards into these shows and build up to Thrawn being, I think, the Thanos of the Mandoverse shows. That's that's my That's my Mandoverse prediction is... I think Thrawn is our big bad because like I mentioned earlier all through Mando season 1 I was saying okay who's the big bad who's the big bad who's the big bad even Mando season 2 okay who's the big bad like we still haven't got that threat yet so I think that's the direction they're heading with these shows is Thrawn is going to basically be the Thanos of of these series yeah and like you said, uh, Marvel's doing it with the movies and Star Wars is doing it with the TV shows. They got the formula down. They got the guy that started the MCU essentially with Fireman. He's going to put this together. He knows how to how to introduce how to introduce a villain. And last live action series we have coming out because we don't think Accolade is coming out this year. It's probably going to be the same timing as Book of uh, same timing as Mando this upcoming year. But we have Skeleton Crew, and this is the biggest wild card because we really don't even know anything about this. There's one image, or maybe even two images at this point, of uh, Jude Law as an unnamed character. And we know so far about the story is a bunch of kids who are going for a ride on a cruiser and getting lost in space. And uh, it's about all we know. I think it's a good way of introducing a new dangerous villain to the galaxy. Like, what other way to get scared of a character? or characters, then have, like, uh, the, the the mind through the lens of a kid and seeing from that Stranger Things perspective of, like, oh, these enemies mean business. We're seeing how they get introduced into the Star Wars galaxy. And I'm being very vague because I think we do know some stuff now. Um, some kind of monsters or something that I think could be something that I've read in a book or two. And maybe this is how they get integrated into Star Wars galaxies like these guys are off lost in space and let's just say the unknown regions and they come across these monsters and they're kids so they're not very powerful so they have to like run away and it becomes like like a mystery slash thriller kind of series that'd be cool I mean that's my hope for it is let's take a look at the Star Wars galaxy in a way we haven't done before where we're getting that Stranger Things vibe yep I 100% think that like you said we've heard different things now i mean our our viewers can look into that um if they're if they wish um but you know just skirting around some of the different rumors and rumblings and things out there yeah i think that was the direction it was going to naturally go anyway regardless of rumors like 
how else are you going to, you know, what are you going to do for a show that's in the Mando timeline? Like, they literally said it's taking place during this time. So, what are you going to do for a show that's not connecting over to Din Djarin or Bo-Katan or Ahsoka? So, like, the natural way to do it is maybe through this stuff with, obviously not Thrawn, but if we're going to start adventuring into that territory, because, you know... That's where, I mean, even even watching just, say, the end of Rebels. Like, for all, all intents and purposes, Thrawn probably wasn't in the original trilogy because he was in the Outer Rim somewhere. Um, so, or the Unknown Region somewhere. So, my thing is, you know, if you take these kids, you know, like you said, we've heard about it, like, with Jude Law kind of being, like, you know, um, a mentor figure for the kids or whatever, whatever, the, whatever he's going to be. You know, it's going to be kind of along those lines of like, like you said, they're going to be interacting with maybe creatures or aliens or another, probably, let's just say another species, we'll just say another species. And that'll be, I think, where we get the quote unquote Stranger Things vibe that everyone talked about um, initially with this show. And it'll be a really interesting way just to see how they do it. So that's kind of like my hope for the show as well, just to be like, hey, Let's really introduce these potential new species into the galaxy in live action, which is going to be wild, actually. Um, so, you know, just to see something along those lines, I think would be cool. And then, of course, I mean, I know it's the end of 2022 right now. But who's to say, like, I mean, this is nothing related to rumors or anything. Who's to say, like... Will they be able to resist not having Din Djarin and Grogu make an appearance? That's my question. Will Will they be able to res- resist that urge to say, hey, we need to have Grogu and Din pop in at least once? Like, I think there's a chance they don't just because of maybe the locations of where the show is going to be taking place. But you never know. I mean, we honestly, we I really didn't see it coming in Boba Fett until we saw it. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of potential um, for that to happen. And maybe they feel like they don't have to do that because it's like, all right, well, we already have Mando coming out the same year. Oh, I that's think a good it's point. like, like, oh, the only reason why is like if they knew it was going to be a long time and people were like, we can't let them forget about Grogu. Let's keep it in the mind share of the public. We're going to just insert them in. And then, yeah, it's interesting because we don't really know what's going to come out after Skeleton Crew, right? I mean... Maybe it's oh, Book I of Boba. Hey, I, would, I would think Book maybe. of Boba Fett season two, if that was going to be, because that'd be like the the furthest thing that was being made in that that era, yeah. right? Maybe. Um, I would Book of Boba Fett season two. Obviously, Mando four will probably will be in development. Ahsoka season two, because I mean, as of right now, they didn't say Ahsoka was a limited series. They still have not used that terminology. So, presumably, there's going to be at least two seasons of Ahsoka. Um. So, you know, you have those potentials. Hey, here's a wild card. Like, maybe maybe since it's in this era and potentially, um, you know, now that we're talking about, like, Ahsoka going out there into the unknown or, or wherever she is adventuring, maybe her and the Rebels crew show up. Like, what if her and Sabine and Hera and Chopper, like, appear for something? Like, maybe we get something along those lines. Um and maybe that's your crossover versus Mando. Like you said, that's a really good point. I didn't even weigh that, actually. Like, Mando, 
now that you now that you said that, I don't think they'll appear at all actually in in, in Skeleton Crew. I don't think I I don't think Den will just because it's like hey, like you said, we don't we don't need the break because Mando was conceivably be a few months before this show comes out. So to me, if I had to predict, I would say probably um maybe Ahsoka and some of the Rebels crew show up. Mm-hmm. But that's about oh, okay. that's about it. I don't think the Mando cast will. Now that you mentioned that. Yeah. So there you go. Those are the series, but we're not done yet. We also have the Return of the Jedi 40th anniversary coming up. So I expect, uh, you know, an avalanche of Star Wars merch and different things. And and that'll be fun because, like I said off the top, you know, Return of the Jedi is my first Star Wars memory here. So to to really get to see a lot of that happening is going to be really fun to see my celebration of Jabba the Hutt. The throne room there, seeing everything with uh, the Battle of Endor, all the products is going to give me such a rise. I'm going to be really having a good time celebrating with the best of them. Oh, yeah. Like Return of the Jedi, it's one of my most favorite Star Wars movies. Like for me, it's probably like number three for me. Number two or number three. It's up. It's in my top three, though. Um, Empire's always one. I love that. But, but uh, yeah, Return of the Jedi, like it's going to be cool, like seeing them. Like wrap that era, whatever cool things come out. Hey, maybe we get more, more surprise stuff from George Lucas. Like you know, in this, in these um, ILM, in the ILM documentary, we got unknown, you know, unused George Lucas clips. Maybe we get unknown George Lucas clips from Return of the Jedi, like from that time period or somewhere around there, either early or late seventies, early eighties, talking about it. Like I could see us getting something like that, maybe. Hey, that's another thing to throw out there to our, our listeners as well. Is I think there's a chance they do a surprise drop of another documentary, like like ILM. Oh, okay. Maybe 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 we get a Return of the Jedi one. Like think about that. Maybe mm. we get a Return of the Jedi little behind the scenes thing, like an hour long special or something. Oh um, my gosh, that'd be crazy. As we said there last week, it's like they have so yeah. much just behind the scenes footage. That we never thought could actually be out there, and it still is four years later. <laughs> New stuff being yeah, shown. Yeah, I think they could get they could easily interview some of the old workers. Obviously, a lot of the people that worked on that movie are still with Lucasfilm and associated with it. So, like, they could easily do that. So maybe we get an actual little hour long um, Disney Gallery Return of the Jedi thing. Ooh. No, no, Ben, they can't use. Disney Gallery anymore. That name is gone ever since they I made. The, I know the that's just been like burned into my brain, basically. <laughs> yeah, the Obi was a return, not Return of the Jedi. There was oh, some really true. cool term for the Obi Wan one. It was like the Jedi's Return or something like this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that being time, by the way, we should be getting an Andor one soon. And Andor's been over for a little bit now. Like, come on, um, give yeah. us that. But then again, it's like oh, there's already so much Star Wars stuff as it is. It's going to be like, if we're looking at, okay, so now we've basically come to the end. I have one more thing. Um, Celebration. Got to mention Celebration. Celebration Europe, London. It's happening the weekend of Easter for some reason. Why would they put it during Easter weekend? That's really bad scheduling. I'll just flat out say that. Yeah, I I don't know who's, I'm going to be missing Easter for the first time. (laughs) With the family, it's going to be really weird. I'm just like, sorry, guys, I'm going to go to London. But, celebrate star wars <laughs> yeah it's like i'll video chat everybody when you're all together there <laughs> if i can yeah. i'll have to be on wi-fi 
But yeah, celebration. We're gonna get some cool announcements. Um, you know, this last year there was a lot of great content out there. Um, I don't think there was anything earth shattering as far as like, oh my gosh, I didn't see that coming. Like the like the big panel with the Lucasfilm presentation showed us a lot with Willow, showed us a lot with Indiana Jones. All that stuff will be in the, the rear view. Wait, no, Indiana Jones will still not be out yet. So you know what? They will probably talk a little bit about that because it'll be out like two months after Celebration. But yeah, I mean, for for Celebration, I'm, I'm hoping that they just give us something that nobody expects. You know, give us an announcement where it's just like, oh my gosh, like... Yep. What is happening? How could we ever have seen this coming sort of thing? Like, oh, give us a darn movie. Tell us what the next movie is. That would be the best possible announcement they could do is just confirming a darn date already. We know there's other producers working on multiple movies. Just give us a date. Be like, okay, 2025. No later, at least 2025 for something. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's my big thing. Like celebration, <clears throat> of course we have we'll have the generic, not really not generic, but you know what I mean. We'll have the ge- normal like Mando, probably something related to Mando, something related to Ahsoka, something related to Skeleton Crew, blah 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 blah. Like we'll have that type of normal stuff. But to me, the big thing is I think that's the wild card. I think it's a it's a ten. I think it's like a twenty. Maybe 20% chance. I'll give a 20%. Good, solid 20% mm. chance. I think um, it's more like a 50% if you ask me. Well, I actually... Uh, I Okay, I'd say maybe 45%. I'll <laughs> go up to 45. 45%. Let's, let's, let's hope... Let's end this year on a high note. Yeah, 45%. Um, I'll say I think they... All right, so if we think about it, we haven't been in theaters with Star Wars since... Um, what 2019 yep so by the time conceivably a movie getting announced in 23 would be it basically be either end of 24 or maybe 25 so for me or maybe like spring of 25 so maybe to me this is kind of like your perfect time like you know distance out to announce hey movie and development blah 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 but the thing is We've talked about it before on prior podcasts, and I've talked about it just, you know, privately to other people. They have to announce something big. Like, you can't come back and give me the, whatever, Ewok movie. Like, it has to be something really big, really, you know, you have to get the Star Wars fans back in the seats, back in the theaters, because Star Wars fans right now are content with watching it on Disney+. Plus. So... What is going to be the thing that's going to pull them back to the theaters? And I think you have to announce something really big. And to me, it's going to have to be like, say what you want about the sequels, but it's going to have to be related to the sequels probably. So, you know, we, we have all those comments or we have those comments from Kathy a few months ago talking about, you know, moving forward with the story and after episode nine and that sort of stuff. To me... I think they're going to come and announce something big in terms of movies. This is my bold prediction for Celebration. Okay. Bold, bold, bold prediction. We'll, we'll do right. bold predictions for Celebration because, hey, why not? Let's end, end the year big. Um, I think my bold prediction for Celebration is we get a big, a mov- big movie announcement and 
you guys are going to get to see Daisy Ridley there announcing she's coming back. Like, to me, there's too much of, like, little hints about it. There's, like you said, there's talk of post-sequels related things being developed. And then we have that weird luncheon thing Daisy Ridley <laughs> was at at Lucasfilm a few weeks back, like, around, around Thanksgiving. She, why would she go from where she lives over in the UK to... Yep stop by lucasfilm for lunch like of all places why stop at lucasfilm for lunch like you know <laughs> they must have a good chef or something because yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I, I don't i don't think of lucasfilm when i think five-star restaurants so <laughs> to me why 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 would she be there like so i would say i think that was just the precursor because if you think about it when that happened she posted that little story on her instagram and then like Eight hours later, she's like, oh, no, 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 guys. I was just, I was there visiting and just having lunch and having good memories and stuff with, with friends. And I'm like, okay, after everybody notices you posted that. So, like, I think that was kind of like our first initial step to her coming back as Ray. And that's my prediction for Celebration. I think they're going to, they're going to do like how we did with Rise of Skywalker. Have Ian McDermott come out, cut okay. the lights, Ian McDermott come out. This time, cut the lights and have Daisy Ridley come out. And that's that's my prediction. We're getting a movie with Daisy Ridley announced at Celebration this year. What better time to do it, Ben? Because we're going to be in her home country, right? Yep. We're going to be in the UK and in England specifically. So yep. it can't be that hard to get anybody to there that, that's currently living in that country. Because like, oh, just come on down, get on the tube, head down. Uh, we'll pay you. We'll pay you to be on the stage for all of you know thirty seconds, and then because I here's the only thing it's like the focus is so much on the Mandalorian right now that I still think they're gonna wait until that is completely wrapped up before they even think about showing people stuff about post Rise of Skywalker dealing with with Rey. So you know they could finish up the whole Mando series maybe by twenty twenty five, and then. Maybe later that year, boom, they start hitting us with that post Rise of Skywalker. At that point, it'll be like six years later. So I think people at that point have enough of a divide of time to kind of get themselves ready to jump back into that that era of storytelling. Because people are a little bit soured after Rise of Skywalker. I hear more people that don't like it than more people that actually like the movie, especially with you know having more time to think about it a couple of years later at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, funny thing is you bring that up. So a few weeks ago, when uh, me and my cousin were hanging out, we actually watched Rise of Skywalker. And man, there is there's a lot of rough stuff in that movie. I could say, hey, like, there's a lot of like, bad dialogue, weird choices. Um, so like, to me, I thought it was a fine movie. It was like, okay, it was nothing. It wasn't trash. It wasn't good. It was just it was, you know, to me, it was just a movie. That's it. Um, so, like, I think they, you know, they'll have to do something unique, though, with 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 Ray when they come back. Because, like I said, you have to go big with the movie. You can't you can't just give us like a tiny little story. It has to be something big to get the people back into the seats. I don't know what it would be, though, like with Ray, for example, like. I don't know. I mean, it's going to have to be. They'll have to market it hard, something about rebuilding the Jedi or something along those lines. Because, you know, like, what else would it be? And, like, hey, there you go, Chris. Maybe going along your post, 
um, post Rise of Skywalker timeline and post Mando timeline, say say if the Mandoverse stuff wraps up in 25 or even 26 for that matter. Say if they announce this movie and we're, hey, we're three years out, guys. We're yeah, in early development, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Say December, December 2026, Star Wars is back. Mm-hmm. Um, what if you have Grogu being the first Jedi Academy thing with Rey? Like, I mean... It, because I don't think they're going to kill Grogu. Like, you, you can't kill Grogu. That's like taking the family cat out back and killing it. Like, you can't do that. Like, so, so like, you, you, Grogu's going to be just fine. And I just think, um, I think there's a good chance they do a little bit of a crossover there. And, see, they built such, like, a cachet with those characters. Because, obviously, Grogu's kind of like the a wild card on all of this stuff because you know he can live like 900 years to a thousand years so he can be in any of these stories and to me it's kind of like i know of course we're always talking about wanting star wars to like take chances whatever but kind of play it safe if you throw grogu in with ray and the jedi academy or whatever I think that'll help soften the blow of anybody being soured because they'll be like, oh, Grogu's in this movie, you know, type deal. Like, that'll, that'll help a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's that's my prediction. I think we're going to get a Daisy Ridley um, project with her coming back and it, you know, whatever it may be. And you know, they'll be very vague about it too. If they announce it, they'll be like, hey, Daisy's coming back in a movie post episode nine, and Daisy Ridley's gonna be like, I'm excited, and that'll yeah. be all they tell us. It'll be very, very short and sweet. Um, yep. Last thing I want to talk about is just the overall scope. We went over, we took almost two hours to talk about all the new Star Wars coming out. I, you know, I said this last year, it's like, how much breaks will we have? I, I, I really can't imagine there are gonna be a lot of breaks with Star Wars, especially at the point where they're overlapping stuff already is a sign that we're not going to get a lot of time or there's not going to be something on star wars you know on disney plus right we're going to go from january all the way into march with mando and you assume that mando is going to be an episode so it goes from all of march all of april into may and then maybe vision starts you know they they really saw episodes at once though so that's kind of a different animal but ahsoka is going to be another eight episodes that we have uh, skeleton crew that's going to be at least another eight episodes or so so we're seeing like even more star wars this upcoming year i would imagine than uh, so last year with that okay so I, when you were when you were listing those off i was doing the math in my head not including overlapping but in total that's and this isn't including any of the other things like you know the lego specials that could pop up or behind the scenes things just of what you just read right there that's 41 weeks worth of content wow so so 41 out of 52 obviously we'll be having overlaps at the start with mando and bad batch but the thing is ahsoka and skeleton crew envisions that'll be spread out like you know maybe ahsoka will see it's so tough to figure out where they're going to place ahsoka because like i could see that being a summer show but then again i could see if they go the route of what we were talking about of maybe like introducing like new species of aliens and things and, and you know other connections through skeleton crew maybe skeleton crew is the in-between show and then ahsoka picks up where kind of where that is like maybe something along those lines so like it just all comes down to like the placing of where these shows fall but i think we're going to conceivably 
conceivably getting Star Wars shows all of 23. Because you know we're going to be getting a show during the holiday season, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we'll get one probably sometime during summer. Like, it'll be after Celebration, of course. So it'll be like, hey, June. Kind of like Kenobi was, June, July. And then I think they're going to just throw Visions right back in in September again. It's August or September, I think that's where that's, that show's probably going to fall. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we're going to be getting Star Wars shows basically starting next week <laughs> until until this time next year when we're sitting here doing another year in review podcast or whatever and preview of 2024 we'll be getting star wars shows clear up yep. until our you know 2024 preview yeah because i've not stopped watching lucasfilm content yeah. i can't remember the oh. last week that i haven't watched lucasfilm content oh actually up. here's another thing to throw out to you so say 41 weeks of shows Let's just say another week, add in there, 42 weeks for Fallen Order. So there's, you know, 42 out of 52 weeks total of yep, content. Yeah. So it's just, it's crazy. And then, you know, like you said, we're getting so much Lucasfilm content in general. We got these Star Wars shows. And then we have my most anticipated movie of the year and in Indiana Jones. Like, I'm just so excited to see Harrison back and just see whatever the heck they do with him. Mm-hmm. Um, because... It's going to be wild seeing him, especially with some of the, oh, the younger yeah. shots we saw in the trailer. Like, the advancement of their deepfake technology is exciting because, think about it this way, for um, for Indy, Harrison looks so good in that. Just imagine how much they've advanced it for Luke, for Mando, mm-hmm. and Ahsoka, and Skeleton Crew, and Boba. Like, wherever Luke's going to appear next, he's going to look even better than he did. Yeah, it's it's just like the tech industry, right? Like... You buy a new phone six months later, like there's a, a, a much more improved version of that phone already. And the yeah. same thing seems to be happening with the deep faking technology where it just keeps advancing, advancing, advancing. And like last year, I'm trying to remember last time I haven't watched Lucasfilm content because let's see, we had Obi Wan Kenobi. Then immediately after that was the Lucasfilm documentaries. And I watched one a week. That carried me into basically Andor. Then I was watching Andor. Then as soon as Andor ended, I've been watching Willow. And Willow's going to overlap with Bad Batch, which is going to overlap with Mando, which is going to eventually overlap with something. So I've literally been watching like Disney Plus for Lucasfilm content specifically since probably May. Without any like gaps. I'm always up on Wednesday turning on Disney Plus. So they got me. They got me as a subscriber for the whole year because <laughs> it's not well, counting all the Marvel stuff. So Yeah, that's the thing. We have all of this Star Wars stuff, the Indiana Jones stuff, the Willow stuff, the the Marvel stuff, obviously not Star Lucasfilm, but we have plenty of things and that's just strictly from Disney Plus, you know, we're we're watching. So it's just um crazy seeing all of that. And yeah, it's just it's just an exciting time. Like I'm so excited. Don't get me wrong, Bad Batch I'm really hyped for, but I'm so excited for those 3 a.m. watches of Mando again because I'm I'm gonna be doing them. I, I I I abandoned it on Andor because it was making me too grouchy for the show. I can admit that. Um, but Mando, I'm so excited for that show. I don't mind watching it at 3 a.m. with everybody. Um, and hey, maybe 
Maybe this this would be our biggest revelation, Chris. They could announce for 2023 moving forward. Moving forward, 2023. Just imagine they announce this next week. This okay. would be like the best way to start um, 2023. What if next Tuesday they come and go, "Hey guys, moving forward, instead of releasing it at 3 a.m., we're just going to release it at like 10 p.m. East Coast oh, time thank you. every week." Like that'd be amazing. Like please, like. Forget the movies and stuff for now. Forget Mando. Forget Ahsoka. If you just did, if if Lucasfilm announces 10 p.m. Eastern for all their show, all their projects, like that would give me a lot of leeway to like put my arrows down at Lucasfilm's um, decision making department. Like that would give them a lot of leeway <laughs> in my eyes because it's like finally they're listening. Because it's like I'm so sick of the 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 3 a.m. watch time because like it's the middle of the night and it's like why not? What's hurting them? To me, it's always like, if you look at the gold standard shows, Game of Thrones, 9 p.m. every Sunday, book it. Like, if Game of Thrones, which is a bigger franchise in terms of television than Star Wars, if they can release shows at 9 p.m., Star Wars can release them at 9 or 10 o'clock at night. You don't have to do it at 3 a.m. So it's like, please, like, if they would just announce that, that would, like, give them a lot of slack for me. (laughs) Oh, hell yeah, hell yeah. So... That about does it for our preview for Star Wars. I will say, um, as you could have guessed, yeah, Jedi Survivor is my number one most anticipated thing. Followed by, or thing, not game, just uh, Star Wars anything. Followed by Mando Season 3 and Skeleton Crew. Yeah, I'm going to pick Skeleton Crew over Ahsoka. I'm an insane person, but I just love the idea of this new territory. I, it's probably a bad thing for me picking this because we basically know nothing. I'm just going off of the logic in my head about something new with Star Wars. And then the reason why I loved Andor the most out of anything that came out in 2022 because it was like so much different from anything else we have gotten before. Um, yeah, so, so there you go. Those are my three top things. What about you? I know you said um, already what you were looking with with Ahsoka. What are your other two? For yeah, Ahsoka, Ahsoka by far is number one just because of all the reasons I've talked about. Like, it's Rebel Season 5, it's Ahsoka, it's Thrawn, it's um, Ezra, it's, you know, all these characters. You know, it's it's what we've always, like, envisioned. So I'm, I'm excited for that the most. And then for the other two, number two, Skeleton Crew, for your exact reasons. Like, the possibilities of the new areas they're exploring, the new adventures, the new species, the new, uh, well, the crossover with the other shows. And then, of course, the third one for me is Mando, just because, like, to me, that has been the gold standard of Star Wars um, television, just because of all the reasons I've talked about on this podcast since we've started. Um, And I'm just excited to see where, like, my big thing I'm most excited for in terms of these shows is just the connective tissue we talked about, like, Mm -hmm. the breadcrumbs that are being laid. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, Dave and John worked on Mando, obviously, and then you have Dave and you have Dave doing all of Ahsoka, so obviously he's going to connect it. And then you have John, I'm sure John and Dave involved in the skeleton crew with John Watts. So like, there's so much connective tissue there. I think we're going to be getting those types of things like, like all all throughout. So that's like I think my biggest anticipation for. Star Wars tele- television is just Ahsoka, Skeleton Crew, and Mando in that order. And it's just also having to do with the overall mm. arcing implications. And 
you know, just to point out one specific detail, I am really excited just because, like, think about it, at this time next year, so this time in 2023, you, me, and Milton will be sitting here doing our year in review, and we'll be talking about how we saw a live-action Thrawn. Like, think mm. about that. Like, I, I just <laughs> yeah. I just can't even imagine that. Like, after all the years, you know, reading the Heir to the Empire books, the new Thrawn um, Alliances books, like the new, the new Thrawn books that are out there, like all, and then, of course, the Rebels iteration of Thrawn, the fact we're going to be seeing a live-action Thrawn in Ahsoka, like, it's just wild. And, like, this time next year, literally 365 days from now, we'll be sitting here talking about how we saw a live-action Thrawn. Oh, man. Well, I don't know what more of an impactful way to end the show could be with a thought-provoking uh, exercise like that for the brain there, Ben. But... Um, we're gonna wrap it up here. What were some of your most what are some of your most anticipated Star Wars pieces of content? We wanna know if you're in a chat, send them down there in the chat room. If you are commenting after the fact, you could always get us on Twitter. We have Ben Milton7 on Twitter, real Ben Maynard on Twitter. I'm Star Raptor on Twitter. Ben, what do you got going on this week? Um uh, just a quick correction. Milton's Twitter handle is Milton Weber seven, and then his Instagram is Milton seven Weber. You said Ben Ben Weber seven. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> um, but my uh, my plans for this weekend is pretty much just chilling, talking, um, probably talking Star Wars to whether it be people on Twitter or you guys in the group chat. Um, of course, getting my uh, like meals prepped and everything because hey. I, I mean, I already started my diet this week, basically getting really getting back really? into it. Um, yeah, I'm already already down two pounds this week. So, dude, I good. still got like Christmas cookies and stuff to eat for another week. <laughs> oh, trust me, I like I like I like ration my Christmas cookies where I'm eating like one every couple, you know, a couple a day at most. So, so I ration those. Um, but yeah, so I'm down a couple pounds this week, and I'm excited about that. And then. You know, this week it's gonna really this week coming up to start the new year. I know it's like mega cliche, but it is a really good time for um, any of our listeners or people with goals in terms of fitness. Like you know, everyone knows here, like um, us three on this podcast, we all love fitness. And like starting the new year, it may be cliche to to start a fitness goal, but it is a good time to start a goal because it kind of like mm -hmm. resets your mind. Like you're hey, you're back into the swing of things. And you know, if you think about it in terms of goal making. You know, most people are getting in shape for, like, summer. That's always, like, the cliche thing. And, you know, if you are going to be trying to get in shape for summer, like, set out a plan of action, like, break it down. Like, to me, I always reverse engineer it. So, like, I have a goal weight. For example, I want to be, I want to be, like, 188 by summer. Uh, so, I need to lose, like, quite a bit of weight. So, I basically set 188, like, say, June 10th or whatever. And then I reverse engineer the weight loss all the way back to now and so basically it gives me a good goal a good weekly rate so it kind of keeps your eyes on the prize and that's kind of a way to do it because realistically six months is not that long of a time it really isn't so it's like just get on to it and like get working toward your goal and you know you'll be there before you know it and you'll be happier you started now versus mm -hmm. six months from now where you're like dang i wish i would have started six months ago so like that's something to keep in mind for anybody starting goals like hey just get into it and, you know, New Year's is over the weekend so you can start fresh on Monday and hit the ground running. 
There you go. Take that inspiration. Uh, look at our buddy Milton. He's come a long way as well. And yeah. uh, it's, as I always say, it's like I'm a broken record. You just got to have a plan, some kind of program. You got to sit down, devise a program. If you have to get help from somebody, ask for help, whatever it could be, because you need a program to succeed. And then you have to be consistent with the program to succeed. If you're, you know, if you're like there, like 80 to 90 percent of the time with your diet, with your working out, you're going to get there. You just got to be vigilant. You got to be persistent and you just got to be on target. So there you go. That was our last show for 2022. We're going to see you guys next week to talk about some brand new Star Wars, which is so cool to say. And we get it every single week, but we can't take it for granted. You know, just eight, five, six, or no, no, not even five, whatever. Like before 2015, we would have thought we would have been crazy for being like, "Hey, we're talking about Star Wars every week." Like that's so easy to take advantage, uh, take for, take for granted. So keep that in your thoughts. Um, it never gets old. Make it never get old because we're enjoying new Star Wars every week on screens, not just in books, but on screens now, which is crazy to say. And it's you know can't get used to it still. But yeah, we will talk about Bad Batch season two episode premiere with the first two episodes next week. We'll have Milton, we'll have Ben, the full crew will be here, and we hope you guys all have a great, great, happy New Year, health and wellness to all of you. Um, so from Ben, from Milton who couldn't be here tonight, from me, Chris, aka Sarper. It was so great hanging out with you guys tonight. The chat room, everybody out there. It's going to do it for us here at Adoram Transmission. That's going to do it for 2022 for episode number 89. Thanks for watching and transmission.